Welcome to Kingdom Currents. I'm Glenn Schultz, your host, and on today's episode, we will be looking at some of the challenges facing Gen Z. I am very excited about today's program. It has been in the planning stages for a long time, several weeks, trying to get schedules together. And I'm being joined in the studio today by three young ladies, all of whom attend a Christian school. So let me start by finding out a little about each one of you. And I'll begin with you, Kelsey. Kelsey, tell our audience uh, what grade you're in and how long you've attended a Christian school. So I'm a senior and so I've attended a Christian school for my entire life, from preschool up into my senior year. So. Okay, so this is the only type of school you've had. Yes, sir, it All is. All right. Uh, Lauren, share your grade level and how long you've attended a Christian school. So I'm a sophomore, and this is my third year being at a Christian school. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so you didn't have that lifelong experience. No, sir. All right. Blakely, uh, tell us uh, your experience and what grade you're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've been, I'm a freshman, and I've been at, at a Christian school since as long as I can remember, yeah. So you, you started out, and you've been here all along. Uh, that's, that's great. So uh, there's so much that I want to talk to you young people about, and uh, what we've got to understand as we get started, uh, there's so much talk about Gen Z right now and the fact that your generation uh, is facing troubles, that there's probably a greater percentage of your generation that are considered nuns, which means they don't have any spiritual affiliation or anything than any other generation before you. It's been somewhat troubling. So let's start. And Kelsey, if you would go first, what are some of the biggest challenges or temptations your generation is facing today? I would say probably like social media and the internet, because I think that gives a lot of um, people my age today the ability to do whatever they want, whenever they want. It's You have everything at your fingertips. And I think, yes, it's an advantage to some extent, but it's also like a terrible thing to another extent because you're able to do anything you want. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, I'm doing this undercover. Nobody will ever find out, but everything tracks you now. Everybody, you leave digital footprints, all this stuff. And I think that's just one thing, like looking up things, seeing things, watching things, but like the social media side of it, I think now so many, um, like young people just compare themselves and they're like, I want to be this, or I want to be that, or I want this many likes, or I want that, or they root them themselves in the amount of attention they get or you know who follows them and who doesn't who they can talk to and I think that like social media and the internet is one of the biggest problems that causes like you know comparison anxiety depression that our generation faces today you know it's amazing because your generation it wasn't that uh, technology yeah. and the internet and everything came up while you were growing up, you were born into this digital world. Mm -hmm. So Lauren, you know, what do, what do you see your generation facing today? Well, I completely agree with everything um, Kelsey said. I think that it takes the life out of my generation because we live our lives behind a screen. We live our lives chasing after the next big thing. We live our lives chasing after the trends and the likes, and we just so often pursue that instead of pursuing these real relationships with the people around us. Like, 
um, one of the worst things about our generation is when we get uncomfortable, we automatically pull out our phones. And we refuse to interact with the people around us because our comfort zone is on a eight inch screen, which is heartbreaking. And I feel like that's just led us to all these issues like comparison and mental health issues that Kelsey said. You know, that, that's interesting because a lot of times I'll be in a restaurant or something and a group of young people will come in, uh, fill up a booth, but they don't talk to each other. Yeah. They're all on their phones. And I, I've often wondered, are they texting each other across the table? <laughs> and, and that's what what we do, you know. Yeah. And like even to add to that, like something I talk about with some other people before is like you it gets so sad, like when you go to an event or when you see like parents watching their kids it's always they're filming or they're taking pictures or you have to get everything on your phone and it's like there's an extent to where it's like okay I understand that but at the same time they're missing the whole moment because they're watching it through a screen they can't like I know for my parents and my grandparents and stuff they tell me about the things they went through and I can only imagine what it actually looked like but there's such a difference in how they tell the story and how they recall it to now it's like if I tell a story or if somebody I know tells a story they just pull the video out and they're like here you can watch it and it's like to an extent it's kind of sad it's like you miss the whole moment because you're just sitting there like oh oh am i am i zoomed in enough can you hear right and it's like well you just missed the whole thing because you were so caught up with what your screen says i I have grandkids who uh we go out to eat they want to take pictures of what i'm going to eat you know (laughs) i I want to eat it i don't want to take pictures of it i don't want to see it blakely what do you find as a freshman um i feel like one of the uh, very important things to me is like people's home life um and though i know that we're in a broken world and a fallen world and the lord will restore any areas that aren't what he's called them to be um living in a a family and a home atmosphere where your parents are talking to you about your relationship with the lord and they open the floor for these like conversations about things like social media i think i could say for all three of us we have parents that genuinely care about our struggles and our concerns and so for a lot of people they go to school and they go to or possibly even go to church and they learn about the lord but then they're not talking about it with anybody who is going to help them so i think Yes, the peer pressure and social media is a part of the challenges that we face. But I think ultimately our our generation is struggling to find their identity. So people are finding that in their situations that they've been through showing on their phones. They find it through what other people think of them. So it's just vitally important, in my opinion, for the a family atmosphere where they talk through things. And they're like, I saw that you were struggling with this. Like, I care enough about you to tell you that this is not okay. And we're going to fix this. And we're going to work through this together. And I think that that's something that um, affects our generation more than anything. You know, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because. The family has become so fragmented. Schedules have become so busy. Uh, but the bottom line, and all the statistics show this too, the biggest influence on a young person's life is still their parents. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've got to understand that. You know, when, when we talk about the younger generation and their spiritual lives, how would you say, and I'm going to begin with you, Lauren, how do they view God what do they see? Do they believe in God? If they do, what's God like to your generation? I think that oftentimes I've found with my generation will, if they are not actively pursuing God in a relationship, then they have this complete turnoff to the Lord because they think that um, 
maybe they see people in their lives that do profess to have Jesus and they're like, oh, they have it all put together. And, but I prayed for this one thing. I prayed for healing. I prayed for security and God didn't answer my prayer. And when they think God isn't answering their prayers, they completely shut off the idea of God. And I just think it comes from a misconception of what prayer is. Like prayer is talking to the Father and then the way that the Lord answers your prayers are things like I can personally confess to I never saw coming. And it's not till after where I'm like, God actually answered that prayer in a way that I didn't expect. So I think overall they just see how, see God as this thing that either God is answering my prayer and giving me everything I want or God is not there. Okay. All right. You know, and, and, you know, when you talk about that, it goes back to the view of the father. If you don't have a father that you can Mm -hmm. go in and Mm -hmm. talk to, then how are you going to talk to a heavenly father? Mm -hmm. So Kelsey, what, what, what are your thoughts? How, how do they look at God? I mean, I think like agreeing with Lauren, like what she said and all that, but like to take like another viewpoint, I think a lot of times like the view of God can be, um, like I'm trying to think of the word, like, a funny word I guess is like miscombobulated or something like that like it's not exactly people have like a misconception or a misunderstanding and I think it can you know stream from like not really knowing about the Bible not really knowing who God says he is and also from those around them I mean maybe it's Um, And I think we see it a lot more today. It's like a lot of people are professing Jesus and professing Christ, but it's like their actions don't necessarily lead up to what their words are saying. And I think a lot of people see that and think it's like a two-sided religion sometimes where it's like, okay, well, we can talk while we want to talk. We can walk the walk when people are looking, but it's behind closed doors. It's like, it doesn't really matter what I do. And so I think sometimes people can see that and they get hurt by that. And they're like, well, why would I want to believe in a God who's, you know, supposed to be caring and loving? but the people who believe in him aren't the same and they're not following that. And I, people are falling. We're going to make mistakes, but I think some of the people who have the most influence don't understand that, that there is a certain amount of leadership that you're going to have when you're in a leadership position and that you have to be ready to lead people to Christ and watch how you act around them and how your responses are. Like, are you cussing when you get mad? Are you taking a second and being like, Jesus, Lord, I just need you right now. And, um, like just kind of looking at it from that view to make sure that people actually have a good understanding and know who God is by the way you act and by the way you walk and talk. It almost sounds like some of them say they believe in God, but they have no concept who yeah. God is. Yes. So, Blakely, your thoughts? Yeah. Kind of piggybacking off of what Kelsey said, I think that it's so important in the way that people view God as they view his followers. So if you think about a certain like team, like a sports team, that's what I like to equate it to. Um, you have a group of fans that are just known to be really loud and rambunctious. So you meet all of these fans of the team. You've never actually had any encounter with the players, but your view of that team is that they're mean and they're aggressive and they're all in your face. So as Christians, it's really important that we carry on the character of God in the way that we interact with other people because that's how they're going to see God. Um, I like to talk to people who want to debate and apologetics like the other person doesn't read the Bible and they don't believe in that. So you can't uh, try to use biblical facts in a sense of to convince them to believe the Bible by using the Bible. People are going to believe God based on how they see you. 
people are going to look at God's character as to your character. So it's a weight, but it's also a really sweet responsibility that we get to show the character of God to other people around us. You know, uh, I did some study of some research that a man named Christian uh, Smith conducted on the religious beliefs and positions of North American youth. And, And he said that so many uh, of the of your generation see God as what he referred to as a cosmic butler mm-hmm. that when you have a need well then you want God to come into your life you you call for the butler and he's supposed to make you feel good mm-hmm. make you happy because yeah. that's the goal of life is to be happy but once that's done okay now you don't need to be in my life mm-hmm. would that be accurate absolutely no. not well, the, that Would people that be, view God that way, yes. That, okay, <laughs> but, but that's not the way God is. God isn't someone who is waiting up in heaven and saying, boy, I hope they call on me today. Yeah. You know, yes. I hope I can go make them feel good today. Uh, because and that's not a relationship. That's, yeah. And yeah. that's not love. <laughs> yeah, it's like talking to your best friend only when you had like a life crisis that you want to counsel about it's like no like I need to talk to my best friend I need to laugh with them daily like it's not a one time help me here thing it's a relationship and relationships are hard and I also think that's just something my generation does not do hard well we want the easy way out like that's why that will choose a quick text over a personal conversation that's why you have things like cyberbullying that happen now is because you don't do the face to face anymore like you just prefer to do it over your phone and you don't do the hard conversations you just want to do a text or you just want to push it behind you because you don't want to be confrontational even when confrontation isn't necessarily always a bad thing Mm -hmm. well you know it's sad because throughout scripture in my study i find that the reason why god created us was to be known and everything he did was so that people would know who he is and, and yet the one who has such a desire to show himself to us we don't want to really know him for who he is because that would maybe convict us of who we are yeah and and that's one of the things you know as we look at your life and your walk with the lord i'm going to start with you blakely you know what's some of your biggest desires that you have right now about what you want your relationship to jesus christ be like yeah so for me um I like the phrase that I want my life and the way that I live my life and my faith to make unbelievers question their unbelief. I want to live in such a way with such confidence in the Lord and in my relationship with him and in his goodness that it makes people question their unbelief. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's so much that you can do from a standpoint of preaching and teaching and those are amazing gifts that people have. But if you're a teacher and then you don't take time to have fellowship with people, I mean, what you're saying isn't going to have as much power over them. So I want to be somebody that people can look at and they can respect my relationship with the Lord. And it's so evident. But I also want to be somebody that unbelievers know that they can go to no matter what I think. I want somebody to know that they can come to me judgment free and we can talk about whatever that is. And I can have fun and people can see the fullness of God through the way that I live my life. Okay. Kelsey. Um, I would say like something I'm just trying to be a lot better about is like 
you know, just like my spiritual walk with him, like just making sure every single day that I am just aligned, like right next to him, listening to him speak in my ear. If it's, Hey, you need to talk to them. Hey, give them this word. Like, I just want to be like, I don't, it's almost like I just want him to speak through me. I want to be so close that I, like I hear his every word that I'm not listening to my own thoughts or anything like that, where it's like his way is my way. His will is my will. And just being able to have that every day of my life because kind of like what Blakely said I my goal is I I want to change people's life in a good way I want people to be able to look at me and be like so why what is that about her that's like I what what she has I want because I want to be able to leave that mark on people and um even in like you know I go to college next year and you know my plan of field of study I want to be a teacher because I want to make that impact on the younger generation because I know especially with society and everything today it's crazy and you know I want to be able to feed into their lives and be like hey Jesus loves you he does and you have a purpose for your life it's not just to sit here and pow all day and be like oh I don't want to do anything or I have no purpose it's no you do you just you have to look for it you know God's in the details and all that stuff and I I want them just to be so confident in themselves and built up in their relationship with Christ that they know whatever his will is it's going to work and so I just want to be so like intertwined with God and like his spirit that I can just be able to say what I need to say when it needs to be said and that Christ can just speak through me and that I'm it's like you know I think one of the biggest compliments is like when people are like I see Jesus through you Hmm. and that's how I want every single day of my life to be is people can see a little glimpse of him because I might be the only Jesus some people see. And that is how I live my every day is I want people to at least see a glimpse of him in me to just know that the fullness and joy I have is only because of him. All right. Very good. Lauren. Wow. I don't even know how I can follow those. Those are amazing. Um, my personal, like biggest desire with my relationship is kind of a combination of both of yours. Um, like I long to know Jesus more each and every single day. One of my favorite phrases that I will say about myself over and over again is I am but a vessel and I've just been working to discern the Lord's calling on my life recently because I've been called into some uncomfortable and new things for me. And, um, the Lord is really pushing me into new areas of my life that I didn't even know I could go. And I think it's just following that calling with absolutely no hesitation. And again, being that example to my peers that where the ones that don't have relationships with the Lord are looking at me and being like, what about her is different? How does she have this joy every day? How is that that she interacts with people that way? And I just want that to be, I don't want my life to be Lauren anymore. I want it to be child of God yeah. in the image of God, a hundred percent fully surrendered to him. You know, that's interesting because Peter in one of his letters, he said that we should be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us. Uh, and the reason why, uh, you know, we've got to be ready to give an answer is because if we're living a Christ-like life, people are going to look to us and say, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And therefore, then we give the answer. When you talk, and all three of you sort of hinted on this, that you really want a closer relationship with God. You want him actively in your life. And I'm sort of seeing the thing that I believe produces that 
is where young people aren't in the word very much. Oh, yeah. And I've often wondered, how, how do you get a better relationship with God if we don't see him because he's revealed in his word if we're not in his word? Where does the Bible fit in all of this? Any of you want to start? I think for me, um, I've lived in a Christian household, gone to a Christian school, gone to church my entire life. And it wasn't until the last few years that I'd say I developed my own relationship with the Lord. And what made that change for me, honestly, was not only just seeing other people's relationships and spending time with God in church, is I, I stay disciplined in my own life that every morning, every night, no matter what it is, like some sort of discipline or accountability to genuinely getting in the word and just juicing it for all that it has. You can't discover the character of a person if you don't understand who they are. You can't live for something that you don't know about. And and it's very easy just to be in the word every day. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, Kelsey? I mean, like it is something like I try and do every day, like she said. And it's been over the past few years that I've really gotten into it because, you know, I think... Like, I've always, I grew up, you know, I remember getting saved on the playground and all that stuff in third grade. And it was like, not till a few years ago, I really got committed. And I was like, yes, people always are like, oh, you're so sweet. You're so nice. But it came to myself. I was like, I'm not really doing all I'm supposed to do. Like, I've been called to do so much more than just sit and pray every once in a while and pray in the mornings and all. It's like, no, there's a little bit deeper that I need to go. And so reading through scripture is something that's really important to me because it's like tools in my belt and it's like so you know whenever I face like those thoughts I pull them out and I'm like nope I, I hold it captive and I just compare it to you know what God says or you know reading through the letters and um Paul will give little snippets of things and I'm like oh I, I need that today I I need to remember that you know people are watching me and I am a leader and I have to make sure that you know whatever and all I do I'm doing it for the glory of God not for myself not to get any you know prize for myself but to run the race for Jesus and um so it's something that I tr- like I really try to make myself do every single day because I know not only is it like yes it's something that I should be doing but also it's something that I get to do I it's not it's not a checklist thing and I make sure I don't have that thought in my mind because it's so easy I think for Christians to just have it as a checklist thing where it's like oh I did it today I'm good but it's like it's so much more than that like getting in looking up there's like a website called Enduring Word and like I go on there and that breaks down all the scriptures and has comparisons and it's like that's where I get in it and I'm like oh okay so this is why he wrote that this is what he meant by that and just understanding the word and why it was written and the importance of it okay Lauren Yeah, I think I come from a lot of the same viewpoint as Kelsey and Blakely, both of you. It's I was saved when I was little and, um, again, come from that Christian family that's been tight-knit. Like, um, I'm the third generation of my family in my church. So um, I've always grown up in church, like, every single Sunday. I only missed church if I was sick. And I was there Sunday nights, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, whenever I needed to be there. And it wasn't until I actually started going to a Christian school that I realized that I had completely misshaped the idea of Christianity because I had formed to what the world expected me to be in a public school system. And that was just how I personally responded to my peers around me. But once I got into this new environment, the Lord physically put me on my knees and showed me 
this is who I am. And I took that deep dive into scripture. Um, This year I've been reading through the Bible in a year and it's the first time I've ever done that. And it's been like amazing. There are some nights when I'm stuck in Leviticus and I'm like, how many more cows can you kill to atone for your sins? But um, scripture is how you get to know the character of God. I like what Blakely said, you can't follow something that you don't know. Like I can't commit my life to someone that I don't know personally. I love the fact that I know God is my father and Jesus is my friend and just continuing to walk that daily through the scripture. I've had moments reading scripture. I read through Ecclesiastes and I was like, God, please just give me wisdom. I know this is a huge wisdom book. And I got to the end of Ecclesiastes and I was just thinking, I was like, oh, I don't really know what I got from that. And I just kind of was like looking back through my notes and God convicted me and he was like, oh, so you think that you like, you just had the ability to discern all of that from the scripture. And I was like, oh, (laughs) there it is. There's the wisdom I was asking for. And it comes from getting into the hard books of scripture and getting to know the character of God because we'll never understand it fully. And we will never have complete the process of sanctification on this earth. But the fact that we get a chance to know our Heavenly Father through His Word is completely amazing. Well, I want to thank you ladies for joining me today. This has been a very enlightening uh, for me, and I'm sure our listeners enjoyed listening to it. And we're going to have to get together because there's a lot more I have to ask you. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Kingdom Currents. Uh, please email me with any questions or comments you have on today's program. I would love to hear how this podcast is impacting your life. And uh, share with me what questions you would like to ask about Generation Z if you had the opportunity. And maybe we can discuss those on future uh, broadcasts. You can simply email me at glen, G-L-E-N, one N, at kingdomeducation.org. Until next time. May God bless you as you follow God's plan for educating future generations. Allow me to take a minute and talk about our sponsor, Frameworks. The support of this biblical worldview initiative is what makes the Kingdom Currents podcast possible. Northwest Christian School in Phoenix, Arizona, has partnered with many well-known and established ministries to create relevant online courses taught from a biblical worldview context. Some of these partners include Young Life, Likewise Worship, Summit Ministries, Stand to Reason, and more. This initiative allows all high school students, whether they attend public, private, or home schools, to take elective courses online where they can actually get credit for these courses at their own schools. For more information on this exciting new initiative, Frameworks, go to ncsaz.org. Again, to learn more about Frameworks, go to ncsaz.org.